Hey, Gav, how are you? Hey, what's going on, Dan? Not much. Can you hear me clearly? Yep, I can hear you, and I'm just actually switching right now to put this onto my headset so that I will be speaking through that, and that'll be done in just a minute. Yeah, that sounds good. So, um, you know, this is so just an introduction for Gav. Uh, so this is a friend of mine named um, Gav. And, you know, you can introduce yourself, Gav, and um, talk a little bit about what you do. But Gav is a, the COO of Wolf Financial, uh, um, and it's a new app for targeting millennials, right? A financial app targeting millennials. Again, I like I like the guests who come on our podcast to kind of speak for themselves. I don't really like to give them an intro. So if you want to give yourself an intro, say whatever. 100%. So like you said, my name is Gov Blacksburg, and I'm the COO and also head of strategic relations for Wolf Financial, which is a new fintech app built for newer and perhaps uneducated investors to be able to assimilate themselves into the market. However, the app has transitioned a lot, and now it's definitely just becoming more of a home for investors of all sorts to come and to congregate and to do research together. Um, the very unique thing about Wolf is that as you do research on Wolf, you're actually creating content and you can share that content with a community and certain people even have the ability to monetize and so on and so forth. Um, in my own personal life, I'm a graduate from Drexel University with a Bachelor's of Finance. I've uh, been working in private wealth management, private equity, sales, marketing, accounting for several years now. And I'm very excited with what I'm doing for Wolf. And it's just been a lot of fun. I get to speak to a ton of people in the business and social media and finance world. And Dan, you are one of them. Yeah, no. So thanks so much again. Um, I came across Wolf Financial through a mutual friend and uh, it's, it's a very interesting app. I, I got some behind the scene looks and it's, you know, there's a lot of amazing things in store for them. So definitely check them out on the app store and, and definitely keep like follow them on Instagram and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I guess usually there's not usually a um, an agenda for the meeting, but we kind of just want to get to know you about how you got involved with Wolf and what kind of drives you to stay at Wolf, right? Because I think your age, can I ask your age? I think you're around 22, right? You're around my age? Yep, yep 22. So, you know, as a 22-year-old and, you know, there are people who are much older than us listening to this and there's people who are a lot younger than us listening to this, but as a 22-year-old, not many 22-year-olds are starting companies and very, you know, already successful companies. Like if you look at Wolf Financial, the app itself, very successful. There's quite a lot of users and it's growing, 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 growing. So my question is, talking to as a 22-year-old, how do you get there? What is, what, how did you get involved with Wolf? And what kind of drove you also to get involved with Wolf? Definitely. I appreciate the question. I've always been very entrepreneurial. I started my first company when I was 17, running kosher catering and waitering in Baltimore. So I've always liked the idea of doing something that's kind of out of the book and working for a different type of company. I've also had the much larger scale end because I worked for places like Goldman Sachs and for private equity firms. And I've just seen that when I work on something that is um, perhaps a bit smaller and a bit more personal, I understand the extent to which my work is affecting it. And that's really rewarding for myself. When it comes to Wolf specifically, uh, it was a unique opportunity. I was approached by a couple of fraternity brothers. I was in college at the time about a year ago, pretty much actually a year ago to like within three days. Um, and they just had this idea. There wasn't really much going on there yet, um, but there was an idea for let's help people do financial research easier. And I was a person with a finance background. So they just approached me um, with just 
kind of the role of this whole company is going to need to be done decentrified and because we're during the COVID and nobody can really be seeing each other. And this was right in the beginning where it was just super strict quarantine and lockdown. And the idea was we need something to do. Well, we have this time now because we're not socializing with people and we don't have all those other things going on. And we have a problem that we believe we found, especially we saw it amplified throughout March of last year where a lot of our friends were losing a lot of money. And there was really just this two pronged problem was one, all of our friends thought that they were the only ones losing money. Nobody realized that everybody was losing together. They didn't keep up with financial stuff. They didn't talk to people about finance and stocks. And then number two, they didn't have any confidence in specific stocks in their portfolio. None of them knew how to do fundamental research. They didn't understand how to read a 10K. And key ratios were not something that they'd ever been given in a format that made them feel comfortable understanding it. So we just wanted to kind of solve those. So I was brought on board by a couple of friends who just reached out to me, said, hey, we have this idea. We think you could be some good glue for the company, kind of to keep people together. That's what I've done for a lot of companies is run that operational role um, for companies or organizations or clubs, whatever it is. And uh, yeah, that's kind of where it blossomed. And then my role has just changed and grown depending on the area that I've been needed. I see myself as a bit of a Swiss Army knife to the company. For several months, I was just operations because we just needed somebody to be holding all of these different teams together because you know we had people working all over the united states we had people in japan um we worked with people in, in i believe multiple other countries perhaps india and somebody just had to kind of talk to everyone and keep it together but now we're a year in and now my role is shifting a little bit and now i do a lot more strategic relationships so i spend a lot of my time on social medias building up relationships from our account i regularly moderate i moderate about two to three panels a week with uh, personalities from the internet with anywhere between 3,000 to a million followers um, join my panels and regularly chat with me and talk. Um, so that was, those are great. You know, that's just like a large part of my job and it just continues to evolve. I'm the host of Market Madness right now, which I think we've talked about, which is like March Madness for stocks and started my own podcast and just really trying to like find any way that I can get back to Wolf. And I find it just super unique as a entrepreneur and as a startup culture that we just get to operate in the way that we do. And I really enjoy it. You know, I'm done college and this is my full-time job. And I much prefer this rather than waking up at 8 a.m. to go work on a spreadsheet. Yeah, no, and I think that's something that like I see with a lot of entrepreneurs, including myself, is that, you know, I'm happy when I do my work. It's, it's more or less like I, when I, I was talking to someone the other day and, and they said, like, what, what makes you interested in, in doing this? And I said, you know, it's just, my, it's just my hobby. Like I enjoy doing it. Some people enjoy painting. Some people enjoy hiking, you know, I enjoy working on ideas, working with people, trying to grow things. It's just, it's just a hobby of mine. And I think that this generation, I mean, it's every generation I think has it, but I think this generation has so many um, ways to do it. You know, technology is so vast and it's so interesting to see a company working in a financial space, such as Wolf, because that financial space is always thought to be, and I, I honestly thought this, and I guess it was real. It, it, like it was, it was actually a reality is that, um, the financial, the world was very keen, like, like connected to old, old people, you know, like it's it, like, I never thought of like a 16 year old trading stocks and making thousands of dollars off a of stock. And I've seen this all over the internet, right? 15 year olds, 16 year olds, 18 year olds, like these young, young people. And they're just, you know, making all this money on stocks, which is great. Um, but obviously, you know, when it, when that comes, when, when you make money, there's also people who are losing money, right? So I think it's mm -hmm. great that you are kind of also recognizing that there's a lot of people out there 
who don't have a lot of financial knowledge and need financial knowledge if they want to invest. Because I could tell you that I don't have a lot of financial knowledge and I, that's why I don't invest thousands and thousands of dollars. Sure, I have investments, but one of the reasons why I don't invest all my money in stocks is because I'm not, I'm not a genius at it, right? And I don't have that much interest. So it's great that you are building a platform that is accessible to people. Um, what, what are your idea, like, like what's your target market? So I think, you know, as I said, different people listen to this podcast, mainly people in my demographic, you know, young people. Um, but like, what are you doing? Like, are you, are you targeting, you know, can a 40 year old come on here or are you, you know, targeting specifically, you know, between 16 and, and 20, let's say. Yeah. So our target market, if you're going by the specific scripture is 18 to 29 year olds based in the U S uh, specifically those with college educations, because they're usually the ones that have disposable income for investing. But obviously with the way that investing is going with these fractional shares and the ability to purchase so little amount, it's really for everyone. Um, I think that we really uh, cater to a number of different crowds, which is kind of like the magic of what we're doing is because we have both a home feed as well as an explore feed, kind of like a for you page from something like TikTok. We give people the ability to find their own community. So you could have communities of whether it's 40 year olds who love reading Seeking Alpha every day, who love doing deep dive research, and they want to just have a, a chat room or an area to connect. And you can also have 15, 16 year olds who just want to trade Dogecoin and share funny memes and stuff. And they can all exist on the Wolf platform simultaneously. Um, so it's really our target market. It just breaks down to anybody that wants to have a financial community, right? A dedicated place for a financial community. That's, that's the target. And then within there, there's going to be niches because there's going to be the type of financial community that they're attracted to. But we're just giving people, here's a financial community and here's all the financial tools. Like, you know, in Wolf, you can natively create a graph in your post. When I go to make a post, I don't have to screenshot a graph from somewhere. I can just put it in right there. Or whether I want to do my research and drop a free cash flow graph. So we're just giving people all the tools, but then they can choose the type of community that they want to be a part of. Yeah, that's great. And I think it's great to see. And the, and the financial industry is not the only one that's being hit. I mean, the health industry, the entertainment industry, so many different industries are being attacked in a good way by young people, right? It used to be, you know, 30 plus that's how you get into it, right? I, again, as I said, I, I don't, like when I growing up as a kid, you know, until I was like 15 or so, like I didn't think about, you know, how do I invest stock? Like it, it, didn't, it didn't occur to me, right? I, I thought that the way to go about it is to go to a bank, get a broker and go through the, all those steps. Now I can just go on my phone and I can buy a thousand stocks of, you know, sorry, a thousand shares of Amazon with a click of a button. And it's just, it's, mm -hmm. it's crazy. As I said before, yeah. it, it kind of scares me a little bit because, again, a lot of people don't know how to handle their money and they make very rash decisions and they, you know, they don't know how to do, you know, trading and stuff like that. So it can also go really bad. But my question is, how did the how do you think the financial industry, like the traditional financial industries, like reacting to places like things like Robin Hood, things like Wolf Financial? I mean, the, the names go on and on. Right. Webull. um, you know, stash, there's so many different apps. I mean, there was all that controversy with Robinhood, like halting trading. Um, and I guess, I don't know how, I mean, I guess you're not very connected with that yet, but how do you guys go about that? You know, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of big companies out there that make a lot of money off giving advice to their investors. So, you know, how do you guys go about that? 
Yeah, so I think it's an evolution of a industry, just like with every industry, right? We saw it with energy moving into the ways that it's moving and with several others and finance is no different. We had a time period where many more people were financially illiterate or they were simply scared of finances. They were uh, heard a story about a friend of theirs who had made a bad mistake. So they were willing to pay a little bit more to a traditional financial advisor in order to manage their assets. But that's just changing now. Uh, we, we don't want to pay out one to two percent of you know, our entire holdings to someone to manage them. That just seems ludicrous to many people nowadays. And you can do it yourself or you have options like an ETF or an index fund, which just didn't also exist, you know, 100 years ago or even really 50 years ago. People weren't even thinking about them. So now there's just so many more tools and just so much more information in this industry that I see Wolf as giving people a streamlined opportunity to understand them. So to the traditional financial industry, uh, nothing is its friend anymore. It's a lot easier. It's a lot harder to get clients. You have to be well, more, way more suited. You have to offer a full suite of packages. So if I'm doing financial advising nowadays, I'm not just telling someone that I'm splitting their money up into you know, 60-40 and putting it into stuff because that's not good enough. Nowadays, I have to deal with their life insurance too. I have to make sure that their uh, taxable accounts to put their kids through college, maximize all their benefits. I have to do several other things that something like Wolf or a brokerage can't do for people. So I, I do think that there's still a whole wealth management industry and it's still going to be fine. I just think that they have to advance. They have to give more value to their client. And then on the other side, when it comes to the brokerage, I think that Wolf is every brokerage's best friend. Because like you just mentioned with Robinhood, they had a series of, you know, and it wasn't just a halting trading. Even before that, they were getting a lot of negative press and that's because they didn't educate their users enough and because Robinhood makes money when you place a trade hence they gamify the process of trading it's why when you put money into Robinhood you get a spray of confetti on your screen saying congratulations your deposits in you can trade it right now they don't even make you wait because they know that if you wait perhaps opportunity won't be there they want you to go ahead and make the move now it's actually for a long time if you looked at it even to the psychology it was one button click to make a purchase two clicks to uh, not make the purchase. So if you already had it queued up, so there's a lot of little pieces like that, that they work into the app. So I think something like Wolf coming along is not necessarily detrimental to the traditional finance industry because they were already having to adapt. And I think it's positive for the brokerage industry because now their users can lean on an area like Wolf and understand what they're doing when they place these trades. And then they won't go and try to sue the brokerages uh, because they have more knowledge. So we can't solve every case. I'm talking very generally, right? With the hope that people get this from it. But that's the way that I see this industry evolving. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that statement. And what are some problems that you're facing as like, not just a, a financial startup, you know, as, as Wolf Financial, but overall being an entrepreneur, right, at, at such a young age? Because I know like personally, like I've, I've started apps and, and stuff like that. And it's, it's one part getting it started up and, you know, building the product and then building a team to, to grow the product. But then it's another thing, of getting it out there, right? And I think, yes, today's day and age is much more willing to listen to young entrepreneurs, but there's still a little bit of like, if you go up to a 40-year-old with some money and, or, or, you know, to, to get them to be a partner, they're going to say, hey, you know, you're 22, you just graduated college. Like, why, should I, why should I invest in you or why should I work with you? So what are, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, if this is not the case, but I, I, I mean, I myself have, have experienced that. So, you know, and I don't even have a successful startup yet. So I'm just wondering, what, have you faced that and how have you guys reacted to that? Yeah, so occasionally uh, we do definitely run into people that harp on the young 
people that are in our team, right? The youth in our team. And they talked to us about the experience or breaking in. But overall, we get really overwhelmingly positive feedback. And I think that's for a couple of reasons. The first is that there has never been a better time in history to start a fintech company. This is just absolutely the peak. Um, everyone is pushing for it during COVID. They're expecting innovation. They want things to change. Um, that's what we've become used to. We're also building a social media app, something which is just in more demand than ever now that everyone's been uh, pushed onto the internet out of that more in-person involvement. So, you know, social media has gained a ton of users over this past year. And now people are looking for maybe a more specialized social media. And we're obviously trying to bring in some of the best aspects for each one of them. Um, also, you know, whenever someone asks me, I do run marketing for Wolf as well. And when people ask me, well, what's your marketing strategy? Honestly, my main marketing strategy is building the best product out there. Because I think that having a product that can speak for itself is so valuable because I've sold other items. This isn't the first thing that I've had to go and sell to people. I've done door-to-door -door sales. And when you're doing other type of sales, a lot of times you're selling a product that's very similar to your competitors. So it's more a sales pitch to the other person um, than it is a, a demo of your product. But when it comes to Wolf, of course, um, when I pitch it, I sell it. But I think that the product so speaks for itself that when people see it, it's something that they want to use. So the product being so ideal and so timely really, really helps when it goes and we're talking with people. And that's why you know, when you're talking about raising money or funding this and stuff like that, the response has been 80, 85% positive, really. Um, and everyone that's, anyone that's being negative isn't even saying it's not going to work. They're just trying to help us refine the process. But people are super supportive. Um, we have a fantastic ecosystem of advisors um, who, you know, have a lot more experience than us and are very much willing to vouch for us and be a part of our team in many different ways. So I think that our network really carries over to us. And also just this environment is a beautiful thing for young entrepreneurs that are trying much better than I think it would have been, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, no, I, and I think that's true. And I think, you know, I, I asked that question because I wanted to let people know, out, out, people out there who may have ideas, let them know that it is possible. It is possible to be a 22 year old or 20 year old and get it out there. Is it likely? Should you put all your eggs in that basket? No. I mean, if you look at Gav and you look at his team, he went to college. He has experience. So he, he and, and I think if you want to talk a, lot, a little bit about this after as well, you have a lot of backup plans if it doesn't work out. Because one thing I learned in the startup industry, and you learn this very early on, is that a huge majority of them don't go anywhere, right? They, they go up a year or two and they get some success and they don't go anywhere. And I think Wolf is, is an exception. I think that it is going to go far. But that being said, we still want to be realistic that most of the time, there's just so much competition. There's so many different people trying to do the same thing sometimes that it's, it's not easy to get a company up and going. So the, the, the half of the battle or, you know, even more than half of the battle is getting a product and getting a team, which Wolf has done. So after that, it's kind of like what the market wants. But basically, what, going back to what I initially said was that what you just said really should help people out there who want to start something. And why should you start something? Because if you really have a good idea and you really know you can make a great product, then the rest will work itself out. If you, if you have a great product, I think the rest will work itself out eventually, right? And that's the thing. one thing I saw with Wolf is that Wolf has a very strong product and they're really focusing on refining that product to make it even better. And that's what, something what, that, mm -hmm. you know, one thing that I was wrong about initially was, oh, I need to build a team. I need to get like, you know, as many users signed up on, on my list and, you know, grow my user base, which, 
for sure that's that's an important part but i think that if you don't have a strong product the rest the rest is worthless right um so i i, I will i'm not pushing back fully however sure. the, the biggest learning lesson for me i think from all of wolf so far was that it's okay not to have a full picture idea of what the product's going to be when you start. And then it's very important to at least start and okay. to bring some other people into the picture and to try to build out the gist of your idea. I think the important thing is right off the bat is finding the problem, right? Understanding what the problem is and saying there is a problem here, which we identified. We said our friends are losing money. They don't understand why they're losing money and they want to know why, right? Like we found the problem and we said, now what do we do? But our, our answer right away wasn't anything near what we have today. We didn't have app designs. We didn't have a really cohesive um, process. You know, social features came in later as well. The beginning app was just how can we take the very, very basics of fundamental research and break them down so that other people can understand? Our goal was just to do a text-based algorithm generation that would explain to people um, based on a certain bin that key ratios fell in, if a stock was something that was a good purchase to, to look at or not, you know, and obviously not investment advice, but just help them. And the entire idea just evolved over time. It really didn't start out. It started out maybe 10 to 15% of what it is now. So if I ever, you know, am on the stage speaking and someone asks me, like, what was your biggest learning lesson? It was, you got to start. You got to at least try to put the basic idea there and look for some evolution. Because if the problem exists, your, your, your solution can come closer and closer. But I don't think if we had been so intent on, you know, this is the final product, like we need to have the best idea right now. I'll tell you for the first three to four months of Wolf, I looked at the product and I could not imagine any way that anybody would pay for it. Like I had no idea how we were going to monetize. I had no idea why anyone would even really like, I thought maybe it'd be like a free app that someone would want to like maybe download and check out here and there, but it changed over time. Right now, I think it's a social media that people might use every single day, first thing when they wake up. I think it has that potential, but it changed a lot. It wasn't anything like that. So I think people have to at least start and put in some time and some effort to see if they can make something happen. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's, you know, the number one thing as well. You just need to start. You need to, like, if you had, and I tell this to my friends as well, like, if you want to do something, Stop saying you want to do something. Go and do it. And and that goes with fitness. That goes with anything in life. I, I, I mean, health, you know, fitness. And I think it's just you need to start somewhere. You know, if, if it's if you want to lose weight, start by cutting out one piece of food a day. Right. And it's if you want to start a company, write an idea once a day. And I mean, I, I personally need to do it more, but I just sometimes just don't have ideas. Ideas come to me randomly. Um, but. I definitely think starting somewhere is the most important thing. And look how far Wolf Financial has come in, in a year, right? So mm -hmm. that, that just shows you that it doesn't take too long if you have a strong idea and you really believe in yourself, which is, I guess, cliche. But uh, I think it, it definitely holds. It, it well, holds you, need, you need a strong team, too. Nobody's sure. building an entire – well, some people are, but most people are not building a company by themselves. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, if having the right team, for example, you know, if I didn't, if we didn't have our designers, our, our UI UX designers for all the ideas that we have, they would look terrible. Like nobody would want to use them. So there's definitely a, like a lot of pieces to the puzzle. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's, you know, all this stuff combined is just going to help people. And, you know, it's common themes. It's not like every entrepreneur 
and I, I think the funny thing also is if I don't know if you've listened to how I built this with Guy Raz, but you know, it's you know, one thing with him, he talks about he's like, you know, a lot of these guys and and, 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 and you know, groups of founders, they you know, they, they have a lot of luck as well, you know, being at the right time in the in the right place at the right time and you know, a lot of things line up. And I think that you can never discount that. But at the same time, you, you will never be lucky if you don't have the cards in your hand, right? And you need to continuously get those cards, right? You need to continuously grow. So I think I think that's definitely something to remember as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, if, is there anything else? I know you've been to a lot of onto a lot of podcasts. Um, I I really like the, the the guests to kind of direct the podcast. So what are some things that you have uh, experienced that you may want to talk about? So recently. I, I just think that my role has shifted so much within Wolf. And for other people that are doing startups, if you talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, I would be fascinated to hear other people, what their experience was like, because my role is constantly changing. I think it's a very key, important role. I'm a board member. Um, I'm involved with a lot of key decisions. And it just is still okay that my role adapts. And I think it's one of the coolest things of the startup is I, for the first well, we, we started in April last year, March, April, and we only created our Twitter in September for the actual Wolf Twitter. And now the Twitter is like four hours of my day is running that and being involved in the financial community and recruiting people and putting together speaker panels. And that's just not something that going into it, I never would have imagined, okay, four hours of my day is going to be spent uh, tweeting and trying to get hundreds of thousands of impressions a day and building speaker panels. But it's just the direction that the company went in. And it's something that I really enjoy doing and I love moderating them. So I went with it. And I think it'd be fascinating if people were to, if someone was to do some type of study on entrepreneurs of, do you feel like your role, you know, a year in, two years in significantly changed from what you thought it was the first six months? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that, I think every company, you know, startup, everyone is playing different, has different hats, right? I think not even the CEO is running like technology stuff. I mean, I remember when I had a small startup that it was, I was trying to grow, I was doing everything right. And, and that, that's, that it's actually good. And that's why, like, if you're part of a successful startup, um, they usually say that you learn a lot more than actually in a corporate field. And, you know, I personally know that I'm working at a startup now, obviously not a C-level position, but I, I could tell you that the, I'm doing a lot of different things, you know, and if I went to a bigger company that's not considered a startup, probably wouldn't have the same opportunity, you know? So I definitely think that every startup has that, you know, I, I, I definitely think so. Um, so, yeah. So I definitely agree with you. And is there anything else that you want to add? Besides that, um, in, in what aspect do you mean like a question from me or a, thought or you can oh yeah by the way you can also ask me questions i know i know i mean the main focus is obviously you and wolf financial but if you have any questions for me i could definitely answer them gab Can you, can you hear me? Yeah, I think you disconnected for a second. Okay, no worries. Glad to hear that I'm back. The question that I was saying is, most of the time when I'm running a podcast, we talk stocks. And 
if I was going to ask you a question on mine, I would ask you, what is your largest portfolio holding? So the most that you have, um, you know, what stock do you have the most in and why? Uh, that's an interesting question. I mean, I'm a strong believer in crypto. Um, I, I really do believe in cryptocurrency. I think it's definitely the future uh, and to some degree. Um, and I think that doesn't hurt to just, especially if you're young and you have some spare cash, like invest in it doesn't hurt. Um, but stock-wise, I still think Amazon is a strong play. Um, I'm just a believer that, you know, if you're using it, that's what, that's what Warren Buffett, I mean, listen, I don't, I'm not, I don't really read too much about him, but I always see this video of him talking about how Coca-Cola, there's like 1.5 billion Coca-Cola products sold a day. Like people use it. Like if people are using something, most likely or not, it's probably a good bet to invest in it for now, right? And Amazon continuously reinvents itself and it continuously adds new products. So I think it's a you know relatively safe bet for the next 10, 15 years. Um, but I do think there will be something that will overtake Amazon eventually, but not anytime soon. I mean, Apple as well. I mean, Apple, again, products, they, they are bought. They, they make good products and they have that, they have that, um, they, they have that, you know, brand image. Um, so those are like the, probably the biggest holdings I have because they're probably safer stocks, but I'm just looking at my phone right now. I'm invested in like, in a, in, in 3d printing, um, Palantir technologies I'm pretty invested in. So, you know, there's, there's different, there's different smaller companies that I'm invested in, um, that, you know, I, I, I wouldn't put all my money in it, but I, I, I definitely try it, you know? Okay. Yeah. I, I agree with you on crypto. I like it for the future. It's actually Bitcoin is by, by far my largest holding. I have like six times as much money in Bitcoin as I do in any one stock. Um, it's paid off. And besides that, I just, I dabble in a lot of areas. I'm here's, here's the thing I would say for investing. It's all about your time horizon, right? How long do you have to invest and then adjust accordingly? Because uh, your risk level should be adjusting based on your time horizon. For example, for me, I'm 22. Uh, thank God right now I don't have a ton of expenses. And I have hopefully some possible revenue streams. So I can take more risks. I can put 30% of my money in crypto and be okay with it. Because if that crashed, I could still recover. If I was 60 years old and looking to retire... I would be much more conservative with my capital. So it's interesting to hear how you think. And I think you think similar to me with the areas that you're looking in because you're looking into long-term developing areas. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's a good thing to say. I mean, investing long-term, I don't think I've made my long-term investment yet. You know, I think I'm more or less just saving for like apartments and stuff. But, you know, you know, I think that, I, I think you need to invest in something that you understand. I mean, there's so many different stocks out there. And if you don't understand, don't invest in it, right? Like I get Amazon because I use Amazon. I, I see the value. Like I see myself buying it. So as long as I'm buying it, I just feel like I'm connected to it, you know? Um, and again, I may, be, I may be wrong because I, I you know, remember as a kid, I used to buy Blockbuster. But Blockbuster is obviously not a product that, you know, a, a stock that's re- a very good buy right now, you know? Yeah, there's so definitely that, a difference. What's sorry? There's definitely a difference between Blockbuster and Amazon. Yeah. No, I I know. I'm just saying that like I wouldn't, you know, it doesn't like just because I use something that doesn't mean I should buy a stock, but it definitely helps, right? Like if I'm using a product that I believe in, then I'm going to invest my money into it, you know? 
Yeah, I guess it's a good time to give. I'll give a shout out to the Griffin app. I don't know if you've ever used the Griffin app, but it basically does what you're saying right now. And the way it does is you set it up to, I guess, a brokerage, unless it is a brokerage. I haven't used it in my time myself, but I know what it does. And essentially, every time you shop somewhere, you hook your credit card up. And anytime you buy something, so you buy from Amazon or you buy from, I don't know, Dunkin' Donuts or McDonald's, it buys $1 of their stock and adds it into a Griffin portfolio. So that's what the app does. It doesn't have, you don't have to do anything. Just every time you shop somewhere, it'll buy $1 of their stock. Is it a new app? It is. Yeah. It's about a month old. That's awesome. You know, the founders? Uh, I, I know um, I worked very closely with um, a guy who is basically running some of their social media stuff. So he's a creator with about half a million followers and he is very good friends with the founder of it. And so he's worked pretty closely with them. So I don't know the founder directly itself, but I know the person that he's basically partnered with um, pretty well. Yeah, it's a smart idea. So, but there's so many different ideas coming out, so many different apps coming out. It's just, it's just crazy to see it every day. So it's, it, it's, it looks like in a very exciting time to uh, start companies and hopefully, you know, Wolf will continue to do well. And, uh, you know, this podcast will be famous once it, once you guys become huge. So, um, but yeah, I mean, if, is there any else you want to ask or, you know, anything else you want to add? I think that hits on most of the basis for today. Uh, the only other thing I would add is if anyone's listening to this soon, um, come check us out on Twitter at Howl with Wolf. Uh, I have a lot of fun on Twitter. I talk about stocks and I talk to a lot of fun people who are very smart, much smarter than I am when it comes to the stock market. And I try to curate a lot of their content and put together speakership panels. So if you're following me, maybe you'll hear some of those panels. Yeah, very, very strong, strong statement there as well. Always surround yourself who, always surround yourself with people who are smarter than you. So that's how you learn. So def- definitely. So so thank you so much for coming on, Gav. And you know, hopefully maybe we'll have a follow-up um, podcast in the near, near future. But I appreciate you coming on again. Yes, sir. This was a pleasure. We'll chat again soon. Yep.